Welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Relevant, where we look at the Torah and take away life lessons that can change our life every day. Haggadah number five. We are up to, we're learning Haggadah. Now, there are many ways to learn Haggadah. We're going with the approach of Rav Leichter. Rav Leichter, my Rebbe, a Talmud Muvuk of Rav Volba. And um, together with my dear Chaver, Rabbi Levi Leibowitz from Denver, Colorado, he put together the shiurim of Rabbi Leifter in a packet. It's a really, it's a safer, but I, I got the early manuscripts and I asked if I could share with you all so you have an actual manuscript. You're going to see it in the safer and you'll be like, I had the manuscripts, the transcripts. Yeah, whatever. Um, this is an actual... You'll see it's very short. The reason it's very short is because Rav Leichter wanted to give over the whole Haggadah in a way that it's simple. It's straightforward. It's not 100,000 commentaries. It's not like, oh, there's a medrash that says that Paro really was a leopard and he had wings. And really he was flying and then like fire came out of his mouth. We're not going with that approach, which is very nice. And I'm sure there is maybe a, a, a medrash, but that's not... The approach, the approach we're going with is that if you actually read the Haggadah, it actually speaks to you, the actual Haggadah, without anything on the side. Straight up Haggadah. Okay, anyways, so we got up to the point, we have access points of Tshuva Me'ava. Number one. That's right. But not, to, you, gotta, you gotta have a tilm like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a tilm which is, mom is drenched with tears. No, but you don't even if you don't have one. You can use mine. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> number two. What's number two? We have to have one. My inner desire is coming from your inner Right. So, and that's not something you got to do, right? Okay. Number two is that realizing that when you want to change, it's actually not just you wanting to change. It's actually what? You want to connect. You want to connect. Number three. Avazi Yisrael. Now, does Avazi Yisrael work for every type of tshuva? No, but I'm giving you a bunch of tools and you'll fit in the ones that work. What does it mean? We tied that, now we got into that God. That God that actually is a platform. It talks about Avazi Yisrael right in the beginning because you want to invite people. You want to invite people, not physically, but like in your heart. You want to like allow people into your heart. You want to invite people into your heart. That means that if there's someone that you're struggling with, you want to create a heart for them, specifically the Seder night, because that's what it means to be part of Kalah Yisrael. Then we got up to number four. What's number four? Uh, begin with a vision of how you want to look. So that's what we said. That's what we're up to. If you turn to page number three, waiting for the happy ending, page number three, and that is, we said, Hashta hacha l'shana ba ba'ar d'yisrael, hashta av n'shana ba b'nei and anytime you want to change, you want to have a vision of what you want your change to look like. An example of that is our Sinai vision. So you want to actually look at what the end looks like, get excited by it. How do you do that? How do you begin with the end in mind? You find someone who is really good at change. And you mirror what they're doing. That's one example. Or you, if you're very creative, you imagine in your own mind, what would it look like if I didn't have this struggle? Or what would it be like to be free from this struggle? What would that feel like? You actually have to do the inner work. Okay, now, um, now we read the actual Haggadah, and let's take a look here. Leichter's words. That was access number four. What page are we on? Three. Number three says, Hashda Hacha. 
If you have your Hebrew page, you'll see it's over here, and we're doing it together with Rav Life to supplement. A prayer for the final redemption seems a bit off topic. Why do we choose it? Yetzirah Mitzrayim isn't just a story of our escape from Egypt. It's a story of how our nation took on its special mission. Underline these words. That story isn't over yet. What Rav Lechter says. Rav Lechter says the reason why we start off the Seder talking about Eretz Yisrael. This is, now, this is a separate point than access to Chuv Me'ava. Can you handle two points at the same, in the same class? Yeah. Okay, you can handle it. You sure? I don't want to overwhelm you. Okay, Rev. Leifter says the reason why we start off the Seder talking about the future, he says as follows. You want to know what he says? This is what he said. You can go to the Seder and read the Seder. Okay, here is where I need your help. Blooming this is perfect for you. What's your favorite book? When you read the book, when you read the book, you read the chapters, you put the book away. Good shalom. It's a, it's a great book. I'm sure it, it continues in your mind, but the book is put away. Here's the deal. Imagine reading a memoir of your own family. You study some history and you come across, there was a guy who used to live in Dallas, Texas. His name was Ian Neeland. Give it up for the Neelands. Yeah, remember the Neelands? Okay. Very special mishpacha. And Ian became about tshuva. And his family was not from, his grandparents were not from, his great-grandparents were not from, but he found out that his Great, great, great grandfather, I might, not, I might be off on one of the greats, was not only from, but was like a holy Jew. And he came to America. Okay, girls? He came to America. He left his family behind. He, he ended up writing, a, is it called a memoir? Yeah. And he got a hold of it. And he gave it to me to read. Not the original, he gave me a copy. And it talked about his grandfather coming over and his biggest concern was what's going to be with the little kinderlach, the little, little, little kinderlach. He was really worried. And he had rightfully, justifiably, such a word, justifiably, so that he was concerned about it. Because guess what ended up happening? He struggled with Parnassus. He went back and forth to Russia and his kids, didn't, they, they married out. They weren't from whatever, yada, yada, yada. But... He got a hold of a picture of his great-great-grandfather. And if you went to his house, back, on, back in the good old days, there was a big picture of his great Remember, you know the picture? It was a massive beard of his great-great-grandfather. And not only that, but Ian was desperate to have a baby boy. He had how many girls? Three. Three. But then he was blessed with a boy. Guess what he named that boy? Alexander or something. It's one of his, yeah, yeah, it's one of his names. Send, yeah, send, yeah, what do they call him? Binyamin, but his real name is Alexander, okay? <laughs> Binyamin Alexander, he's Sandy. He, he named after, okay, he's named after the great-great-grandfather. So that memoir sat on the shelf for many years, and it, it died. But it didn't really die, because inside of the heart of that Zayda was going to be the future of the Mishpachas Nilin, okay? So did that story end? After I, you, if you would have, as a grandson, reading the memoirs, they kept it in the family, but the story was basically over. The Zaydi wanted the kids to be from, followed his ways, but they didn't. But then Ian picked it up again, and guess what? Is that the, he just opened up. The, there's a new chapter being written. Give it up for the Nila Mishpacha. They're writing the next chapter in the book, right? Girls, that's what Rav Leichter says. The reason we start out the Seder saying, L'shana ha'bab ba'ar is because we want to realize 
realize that the story isn't over yet. When you're sitting at the Seder, it's like you're reading the memoirs of your Zaydi. It ain't over yet, because guess what? Did we, did we get to Eretz Yisrael yet? No. We're not there yet. We're in the middle of the story. This is your story. Are you going to write the next chapter? That's why we begin the Seder with the next year we're in Eretz Yisrael. We'll be in Eretz Yisrael. Because we're still, the story is still evolving. It's not just reading a book. It's our favorite book. We put it aside and we read it the next year. No. If we're going to be up during the Seder, we get an opportunity to write the next chapter. Just the way the Neelands are writing the new chapter in a member that was sitting on the shelves for many years. Do you, have the, you connect, see the connection? Manishtana. Girls, we're up to Manishtana. What axis point are we up to? Number five. five. Let's take a look. Okay, Manishtana. The key, to, the key to Seder transformation. Here we go. Manishtana. We understand that the Seder has a power to strengthen our Muna. Have you ever come to the Seder with a been there, done that attitude? No. I love no. Seder. Raise your hand if you've ever come. Okay. Have you ever come to the second Seder with a been there, done there attitude? Yeah. I'm always so Have you ever come to the second Seder with a been there, done that attitude and a stomach cramp from the first Seder? There is a, when you have a been there, done that attitude, let's face it, are you open for something new, new inspiration when you have a been there, done that attitude? What are you thinking? I don't want more matzo. I don't want more matzo. What are you thinking? Not in the mood for this. When is this going to be over? Right? So how does someone realistically, as a human being, I even had this question, this question, I told you, Yoel Gold asked me this question. I didn't tell you about it? No. Yoel Gold, you know Yoel Gold? Yeah. Right, he's supposed to speak with me today. Yoel Gold sent a text on our rabbinical chat. He's like, I know, I'm the famous storyteller. Yeah, I know, that's me, it's fine, right? And I know that I know how to really rock it with videos and everything. But can someone help me make the Seder actually relevant to me? I've heard it so many times. I, it's so old. How can I do it? That was his question. Yoel Gold asked this question. So the response was, did someone steal your phone? Is this really Yoel Gold? Yoel Gold? He said, no. You hear the question? I can take a cool Hatzala story and make it exciting. I can take an amazing Chicago brother. But how do I make the Seder? How do I actually want make it in a way that I'm looking forward to That's the Seder? The he says, how can I break through? How can I fight this attitude? So he calls it the Manishtana mindset. Used, we, used, we, are, we are used to looking at the Manishtana as the kid zone. I'm going to Ura, so I had to throw the kid zone in. There we go. We call it the kid zone. It's like, okay, who's the youngest? Who's listening to Manishtana? So basically... The Manishtana, the Manishtana is, in most people's homes, it's the kid's zone. Says Rav Leichter, what is, I'm an adult, whether you're a parent, you're not a parent, how can I as an adult actually look at the Manishtana, I've heard it a thousand times, and actually, if I was a kid, the problem... Maybe, maybe it would be interesting to me to even, but am I even thinking about the questions or I'm just thinking about how I know the words? Turn the page. We are on page four. Wow, impressive. Okay. So the answer is Zuck Rav Leichter. Rav Leichter says that the Manishtana, 
is actually, what's the manishtana? The manishtana is for you as an adult to look at the Seder and uh, try for a moment to be a kid, just for a moment, in a way. Try to be a kid. And, and, and if you were coming to the Seder, not knowing that this is a setup, can you, can you get into the mindset of wondering yourself, why are we celebrating the gula this way? Why can't I just enjoy myself? Like, just chill with a nice piece of challah. Just sit in the way that I feel comfortable. Don't, 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 don't try to convince me that if I sit with my chair turned around like this with a pillow over here, that that is gula, okay? You know what I'm talking about? Is that comfortable to sit back with a pillow on your left side? Don't do it on your right side. They even said, I think they even said, there was one day a year that Ben Shapiro leans to his left. So why is it that Kazal instituted the Yantav in a way that really, I mean, there wasn't a comedian, there was a really good comedian, I forget his name, who intimated, he wasn't from, he's not Jewish actually, he's Italian, and he talks about going to a Seder. And he talks about going to a Seder, this was, and it's hysterical because it's like, he's like, Jews, he's like, I went to, unfortunately, he goes to his mother-in-law's Seder. He's like, what, what's going on? I'm like, they're telling me that the food's eventually gonna come, you know? Then eventually, I get the car, get the car pass in the, in the salt water. It's like, it's like, well, what's going on over here? You know? It's like, like this, this is a snack. This is the appetizer. No, 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 no. It gets better. Then they bring out this crunchy stuff. It's a matzah. And they're like stuffing the faces with it. It's like, what's going on here? You know? Anyway. Uh, but the point is, you get the point? Really, the question is, why did they do this? Why can't I celebrate Gula, enjoy challah, enjoy chilling on a nice couch, relaxing? They have to be reclined in a specific way. What is, what is the reason why the Seder has to be in a way where I have to wait so long for the food? <laughs> you ever thought about that question? That's really the Manashtana, current of life there. Meaning you're asking, why, is it, why am I out of my comfort zone? Access number five. You want to have chuv me'ava, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You have to actually enjoy, learn to enjoy being out of your comfort zone. Whoa! I was speaking to a friend. Hey, Lege, hey, Lege, Ripshia. Your mom has changed my life. My dear friend. Anyways, and uh, he moved from Dallas to New York. <laughs> Whatever, Shmuel. Hey, Lege, Shmuel. Anyways, he moved from Dallas to New York, and I was speaking to him, and I was like, New, why did you leave? Well, a lot of people leave because it's not necessary. They get a little bit older, and they want to be back with family, right? And then they live in New York. And then it's like, this Shabbos we're going to my parents, next Shabbos we're going to my in-laws, down the block, and then Shabbos we go back to my brother-in-law, and you just keep on making the same circles. And it's like, Yantas, the first days are here, the second days are there, you know? You never actually lift a pot because you have the grandmother who does it all for you. You know what I'm talking about? And you know those families, they're always like splitting up. You don't know anyone know what I'm talking about? They live right near Mishpacha, so it's like one big, like, they just go every Shabbos. And then they're like 40 years old and they're still going every Shabbos. It's like, get a life. No, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? The point is, he said, 
that he's thinking about his next move. And I said, why? Because he said, I don't like that. I want to be able to be a real part of community. For whatever reason, Dallas doesn't work, so he's going to find the right place. I'm like, I love you. You know why? Because your momish love, you don't want to be, you don't want to be comfortable. You, want, you don't like being stagnant. That's access point number five. Manishtana is if we're going to actually transform in a Seder, you need to be uncomfortable. I know it's not kishmak waiting around for the food and wondering, but they wanted to break you out of your routine, specifically in order to be able to access a, a change. Did you ever look at Manishtana that way? Nope. You hear that? The only thing is I'm always so hungry. I can't focus. Okay, so there is an idea to eat before the Seder. You're allowed to eat. <laughs> before Yomtev, you can have a meal. Without, without any matzah, you can have meat. Really? Wait, you can have, you're allowed to eat. You can eat halacha. We didn't get up to it. You are allowed to eat. Now, you're not supposed to eat so much that you're going to be full, but it doesn't say that you're supposed to fast before the Seder. It actually says that you should eat a meal, something nice or something protein, so that you feel like a man. All right, girls? So, what's access number five? How does, how does stepping out of your comfort zone have anything to do with Chuv Me'ava? Because when you leave your comfort zone, what's... When you leave your comfort zone, you have to rely on Hashem. Oh, very good. That's where we're going. Okay, weiter, weiter, let's go. Okay, here we go. So we got it? Let's go, moving on. We're off to Avodim All right. Avodim we, you, and I were slaves to power. Now, Really? Really? Avadim Hayinu, you were slaves to Paro? No, really. Slaves to other things. No, no, we're not going with that approach. No, 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 seriously, that's eh. I don't like that approach. It's like, oh, we're all, we all have our slaves. No, that's not what the, 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 the Seder said. I was saying it always so No, good, good. So that's what I'm saying. That's, we, we, that's the point. So we're saying it so. Avadim Hayinu, okay? Avadim Hayinu, we were slaves. No. Avadim Ayinu, where Vlechter's approach is, it says Avadim Ayinu, it means Avadim Ayinu. We were actually saved. What are you talking about? Because I wasn't in Mitzrayim. Oh, see yourself as if you leave Mitzrayim. Do you really? Do you really feel like you're in Mitzrayim? Who, you read the Seder. Do you really actually see yourself? Come on. I mean, I know we do all this shtick and we have the kid. So here we go. So what does it mean, Avadim Ayinu? Zakhtar of Leichter. How can it be? The answer is, because power wasn't simply interested in enslaving the Jews of his time. His real target was the concept of the Jewish people. We were a major threat to his worldview, to his entire agenda. See, power wanted to keep the world centered around mankind, around their wants, their plans, their glory. And the Jewish people served as a painful reminder that the real center is Hashem, that we're here for a higher purpose. By enslaving us, he hoped to uproot our Jewish identity, to break our spirits, so that we were just another ordi um, ordinary nation. Okay? Now, let's see if we can uh, turn the page here one second. Okay. So, before we get to page five, so, there was a, um, there was a story. I don't remember the exact details of the story. But, you know, there was a Holocaust survivor with someone his age, meeting after the war, it was someone in America. And he introduced himself and he said, I am a survivor. What does it mean when someone says they're a survivor after the war? 
And the guy said back then, this guy who was in America, came from the same town as this man, said, I'm also a survivor. He's like, you're telling a survivor who went through Auschwitz that you're also a survivor? What kind of chutzpah is that? What kind of chutzpah, right? You, you were a survivor. I mean, you ever think about it? The, what the Americans were doing during the war? These are the same immigrants. They're from the same cities that some of these, these Yidden who were, went through a house. They were from the city. They're immigrants. They just, they were zeichet to immigrate before the war. Anyways, um, so the answer is, he said, we're also survivors. You know why we're also survivors? He said, because if, if you think about it, the Americans survived the war. They survived the mission of Hitler. Hitler wanted to wipe out, do you think he didn't want to wipe out the Jews in America? No, he was, no, you don't think he wanted to wipe them. But intrinsically, girls, if you think about it, he did have a map on his desk. He knew how many numbers of Jews were in each and every single country. They, he never got there. Hashem beat him up before it. So now, but okay, that's, that, that's still a chutzpah. Here's the deal. When we say Avadim Ayinu is a realization that this is our story, meaning had HaKadosh Baruch Hu not created Klai Yisrael, then there would never have been a Klai Yisrael. We were not Klai Yisrael at that point. Had power won his mission, there wouldn't be, we would never be here. It's Pashup Shad, Avadim Ayinu. It doesn't mean that we're Mamish slaves. That's not what it means. That obviously doesn't make sense. It means that this is our story. It's the same way that if you were to tell over the story about, a, does anyone here have a great-grandfather or relative that was a survivor? Me, 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 Who was the survivor? My great-grandparents from my mom's side, both of them, and my great-grandfather was kind of an really So the reality is, had they not survived, so you're part of the story. You're part of that story. My grandmother got out, Safta, my Safta got out after Kristallnacht. Her story, her story of getting out of Kristallnacht is basically how we're here. The fact that she met my grandfather who came across the, with, with the suitcase with $2. Some say it was $4. He, he, he said it was 2 It was 2 No, really, he said $2. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, for real. Anyways, okay. Avadim Hayinu, Zakdir. So now, that is, we didn't get up to the next access point, but just learning the story. Now we turn the page. We turn the page. We didn't get access, we didn't, we didn't do that yet. Okay, Zakdir. Now, if you look at your Haggadah, it says, Have um, Hashem had not taken us out of Mitzrayim, we would be trapped there today. But how can that be? We're going to leave it as a question. How could it be that we would have been trapped up today? You ever wonder? I mean, come on. There's been many nations that eventually got freed. There would not be End off here. We'll, we'll continue next, next class on this point. Okay?